When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Peyton's Place. That's the nothing personal phrase of the day, movie of the day for February 1st, 2023. First day of February. There's a movie in the 1950s, probably got nine Academy Award nominations. And it was not about Sean Payton, the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Yes, Sean Payton, the erstwhile coach of the New Orleans Saints. The guy who spent one year on television, maybe two years on television, sort of with messed up hair, trying to figure out where he was going to go, waiting, waiting, and then boom. Just last summer, something happened that started the process that ended today. What happened was Rob Walton bought the Denver Broncos. And when Rob Walton bought the Denver Broncos for $4.65 billion, Sean Payton said, hmm, this might be the best opportunity to make the most money possible and have the most say because new owners don't know what they're doing. I'm not saying that Sean Payton is not qualified to lead an offense, nor am I saying he's not qualified to be a head coach. But let me ask you this when you are running a team. I'm going to start listing things that Rob Walton has done. Here we go. He gave up the 2023 first-round pick for Sean Payton. I've done plenty of trades for managers, for coaches. I've lost them all. But... 2023 first round pick. Also gave up next year's second round pick. Wait a minute. He has a quarterback who got seven draft picks, three first rounders, three second rounders, gave 161 million guaranteed to Russ Wilson, who was terrible last year. Must have been Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Totally stuck with him. Nothing they can do. Now they're bringing in Sean Payton. They're gonna pay him probably 20 million a year, not reported, let's say five years not reported, marry him to Russell Wilson and see if they can somehow win in Denver. This is the definition of what you at Nothing Personal know is called new owner-itis. 
New owner-itis is when you buy a team and you say, I'm not going to do it the way it's been done. I'm going to do it a new way, really sort of the way that I built my other business, ironic given that the other business had nothing to do with paying premium. It had to do with getting scores of people who are ordinary to pay as little as possible for as much as possible and to get things that you don't need when you go to a place that you always feel you have to go to. One of the great business models of all time is getting people to shop for things they don't need, but saying, hey, I got a deal. Well, it turns out that the Denver Broncos did need a new head coach because Nathaniel Hackett couldn't hack it. They don't need a new quarterback because Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks a decade ago. So Sean Payton comes in and people get upset. Is it another white coach? Is it an overpay? Other owners I'm talking about, the commissioner I'm talking about, they're trying to figure out whether or not competing with Rob Walton is gonna be the same as competing with Steve Cohn. And I know there's a salary cap in football and not in baseball, but trust me, the owners in the National Football League, they're pretty focused on how other owners act, what they're doing, what it does to the market. You give Sean Payton $20 million a year and you give up all the assets you've given up to acquire a quarterback, guarantee money to a quarterback and bring in a coach and then lose, that's a dream. Rob Walton is making it so that everybody is rooting for his team to lose. However, recent statistics would indicate that Sean Payton has a good chance to win. Do you know three of the last six traded quarterbacks have actually won a Super Bowl with the team to which they were traded? Except they had better players. During this entire process, we're going to talk about this also next, but we should all be concerned. You know, I changed my mind. We shouldn't all be concerned. What are you concerned about? That the interview process is a sham? That black coaches are not being hired in enough places by enough people? You're upset of how interviews go? You're shocked to know that Sean Payton was the sole person who Denver had its eye on? Because Rob Walton said, this is who I want and that's who we're going to have. So you're shocked by that? that owners know who they want to hire and then make sure they interview enough people so they can take the call. Hold on. Hey, you got Roger on line one. All right, I'll take him. Hey, commissioner, how you doing? Yeah, you're gonna make sure you interview a bunch of people. No problem. Get some black people in there. No problem. You're hiring Sean, right? Yep, no problem. That's how the conversations go. Just give me cover. That's what Roger says. Make sure I've got the cover. There's been some disagreement over how this went down. People saying, Ian Rappaport, who is a football insider, said that they were actually zeroing in on the 49ers coach, D'Amico Ryans. Just yesterday, they had a secret meeting with Jim Harbaugh, apparently, after Jim Harbaugh pledged his love to Ann Arbor. I wonder, <laughs> hold on. I wonder how that secret meeting went. Must've been a phone call. I don't think Jim Harbaugh would have flown all the way to Denver unless maybe he was skiing over the break. That's a possibility with his family. Hey, will you come see me? Maybe Rob was down in the Caribbean or down in Mexico, wherever he was. I think it was by phone. Hey, before we go here, we just wanna have a little leverage. We're really not focused on you. However, if it doesn't work out and we can't get a trade done with the Saints, are you sure you'll stay at Michigan? Because if not, we'd love to have you here and we'll give you five to 10 million bucks a year. How does that sound? Go against your bro again? 
It's a bunch of poppycock. You think Jim Harbaugh is silly enough that after going back to Ann Arbor with the statements he made that he's going to be used as a stalking horse for the coaching situation in Denver? You think that's just a negotiating ploy by the Denver Broncos? Hey, we got people waiting in the wings. Sean Payton's not an idiot. He knows that he was the number one target, period. You don't get good leverage if you are a team and you're negotiating with one guy. I'm the king of no leverage. Practically every negotiation I did with a manager had no leverage because the guy had been hired already by our owner. How do you send the team president in? Hey, we're gonna show a whole video of how great you look. We're gonna show you neighborhoods. Denver's a great place to live, free weed and everything. You'll love it. It's so crazy. Adam Schefter is another football insider. He actually disagreed with Rappaport saying, hey, there was nothing going on with D'Amico Ryans at all. There was no talk. Denver was solely focused on Sean Payton. And Houston, who ended up hiring Ryans, was focused on Ryans. Coaching chips fall not where they may. It's like a puzzle. It's a musical chairs puzzle. And do you know the commissioner's office actually keeps track of who's interviewing where? Because you have to submit your list of who you're interviewing and when you're interviewing them. And they're looking at the schedule and they know exactly who's going to be hired by who because you have to speak to the league first. And they're sort of putting people into place and they're trying to do the math and then they're getting their statements ready to talk about, hey, we don't have enough black coaches. We have plenty of black coaches. We have more black coaches. We have some minority coaches. Make sure we get out in the release that McDaniel uh, identifies as biracial. We got to get that into every press release. We're going to reiterate that Mike Tomlin has been with the Steelers for as long as he's been there. This is our plan. This is what all the leagues do. And they're doing it because they don't want you to think that we, meaning leagues and teams, are not as curious or interested or sympathetic toward the plight of minority representation. Except it's a ruse. It doesn't mean they don't want more minority representation. It means the commissioner's office in the history of time has never said to an owner, you may not hire this manager. Now, they may have started doing it with players recently, as we talked about with Steve Cohn and Carlos Correa, but they're not going to get in the way ever of Rob Walton hiring Sean Payton. Now, why do you think a commissioner would not get in the way of Rob Walton hiring Sean Payton? Hold on. I've got 4.65 reasons. Do you know how great it is that the sale of the Broncos went for $4.65 billion and what it meant to the values of those teams and how Roger Goodell is entering into contract negotiations for an extension and how he gets to look at that as an actual data point as opposed to reading Forbes? Good luck. We always would allow our owner to speak when we hired a manager, except we would make sure he wanted to talk. He would never be there when we fired managers, but when we hired managers, he was front and center. But we would go through talking points, maybe practice a few questions. He'd have his own PR guy. We'd have our own inside PR department. Guy named PJ would work with a guy named Mike or a guy named Bruce before him. We would say, here are the three things we have to get out. We are introducing this manager because we are acknowledging that our performance during the tenure of the previous manager was not to the level that we had anticipated 
because if it had been, we wouldn't have fired the previous manager. Therefore, given that fact and working together with my baseball people and speaking to my associates around the league, I believe after spending several hours with this person and knowing him for many years, that he is the person who will lead this team to its rightful place at the top of the standings and standing at the end of the year with the World Series trophy. Done. That's how you introduce a manager. That's it. David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers and he does not get good PR advice, nor does he have a team president giving him advice because he stood up there and tried to explain to you why Frank Reich being introduced as the head coach, the 61-year-old white guy, first quarterback ever for the Panthers, first guy to throw a touchdown pass the Panthers, whatever sort of sentimentality you wanna bake into it, fans could not give a flying rat's ass. Oh, Frank Reich threw a touchdown pass for us. Yeah, I'm gonna buy a jersey, hell yeah. They look at Frank Reich and say, wow, you're the fifth person to lead this team since 2018. Hey, David, do you think that you have a hard time finding a coach? Or do you think that you're too involved? Tell me what's happening here. And by the way, did you know Frank Reich was white? And then David Pep Tepper, you're supposed to bridge to what your statements are supposed to be, which is this is the person who can lead us to where we want to be. Nope. Instead, he goes into an entire conversation about diversity. And he basically does, I'm not racist, I've got a black friend. He said, we have the most diverse executive team in the NFL right now. We are probably a minority of white men on our executive team right now. And that's where it starts. That's America. God bless America. We have a black GC. Therefore, we're not, not diverse. So stop looking at me. Is that effective? Black general counsel? It's very effective. We had a black general counsel, his name was Derek. Amazing, brilliant. He didn't get the job because he's black. He got the job because he kicked ass in every litigation, in every issue we had, he didn't lose. Diversity on the field versus diversity in the executive office. It's a good one, isn't it? Do you know that in the studies that are done, when the stats are done, who are the diverse candidates and where do they have jobs? In baseball, you get credit. Miami always won, always won, because we had so many Hispanics working for us in the front office and you get credit for that. You could have all white coaches and then you won't get a great grade for on field, but if you've got minorities all through your system and in your front office, then you can win but we're talking about on-field in the NFL. You don't want to say that we've got diversity in the executive office, so therefore we don't need to worry about it on the field or with our head coach. I wanna hear about what your head coach does that will help our team win games. Hey, bring in Scott. All right, Scott Fitterer takes over, general manager of the team, and it's pretty good. Scott Fitterer says, do you wanna know what separated Frank Reich from Steve Wilkes and all the other candidates? It was the interview process. Frank Reich was dialed in. He had a plan and it was second level thinking. Hmm, second level thinking.
I'm trying to think overnight and waking up this morning talking to Coca, what second level thinking is. We're going to pass on first down. Nah, that seems like first level thinking. Ah, we're going to run on first down and try to get a good offensive line. Nah, that seems like first level thinking. Oh, I know. We're going to focus very much on winning every particular game. No, that seems first level too. Hold on, let me try again. Okay, second level thinking. We're going to have, oh, this is good. We're going to do a three wide receiver set and we're going to have no one in the backfield and then we're going to do picks and then wait for the defensive pass interference. Nah, that's first level thinking too. What the hell is he talking about? What, did Frank Reich walk in and do his best Joe Girardi imitation in a nine-hour interview and say, man, I'm the smartest guy in this room, trust me? That's second-level thinking? And I'm not saying Frank Reich is not an offensive-minded coach. I'm not saying he's not good at running an offense. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying he's not the best person for the job. I'm asking why how we're told that he's the best person from the job makes it seem like Steve Wilkes was an idiot. I don't know, Steve Wilkes seemed to have, with his first level thinking and his plan not being dialed in, they seem to rebound and play pretty well under him, no? And by the way, when you've been an interim coach, what exactly is the interview process? Hey, tell me about yourself. Well, I was born a poor black boy. No, no, I, I mean like as a coach, tell me about that. I just coached your team for two months. What do you want me to tell you? Tell me about your game plan. You have my game plans. Tell me what you think about running a clubhouse. I've just run your clubhouse. It's absurd. People who think that you do the same interview to an interim coach that you do to a coach from the outside is someone who's never done an interview to hire a coach or a manager. It is not the same interview. What you're trying to glean from an interview with someone you've not lived with is what's it going to be like to live with you? What's going to be like after a loss? Will I be able to come in the clubhouse and talk to you? Do I need to wait a day? What happens if during the game I see something's wrong? Am I going to be able to talk to you? When you're with someone you've been with, you know the answer to those questions because you've done those things. Thank you so much, Scott. I'm going to take over again. Hi, I'm David Tepper. I got to tell you more stuff. I don't just want to tell you about how diverse our executive team is. I want to tell you that I agree with you that we've got an old boys network. Um, David, don't you think you should get off the stage? Quiet. I'm talking about the old boys network. You know, all the rich white people who own teams. Just a minute. They're going to love this. I promise. I've rehearsed it totally. Here's how you break the old boys network. You break the process by trying to get the best possible people in every role you can do. Oh my God, am I an idiot. I used to hire people who I thought would not be the best possible person in the role in which I hired them for. Of course, what a moron am I? Little does he know that every owner and every GM always hires someone who he, she, or they believe is the best possible person for that job. They get to rationalize it and excuse it in many different ways. They may, at their age, there's plenty of octogenarians who believe that only people who look like them can be the best possible candidate for any job. 
There's many people who think that you have to look like the person who's hiring you in order to be a candidate for a job because you get such a leg up in being the best person for the job. And that's the way it's historically been. However, in this day and age, with this level of owner and investment, it's still the best person for the job, except they see color. How do you fix that with the old boys network? I have a way better way to fix the old boys network. Wanna know how I break it? Time. Terrible, right? It sounds like I'm kicking the can. The best way, and I've said it before, and I'm gonna triple down on this. The best way to break up the old boys network is when the old boys die. And it's a tough day for me to mention that, but it's just the truth. There is no teaching Jerry Jones to be anything other than who Jerry Jones is. Robert Kraft is not gonna change who he is. David Tepper is not gonna change who he is. It's just not gonna happen. You think Rob Walton's all of a sudden gonna have some epiphany about what he thinks and how he does given the success he's had? That's why making changes in tomorrow's billionaires, in tomorrow's entrepreneurs, in the day after tomorrow's politicians, it's the best chance we have, which is why investment into education, investment into programs, investment into training people of every color to understand what jobs they can get and how to do those jobs well. Major League Baseball has an amazing program led by Mike Hill right now. You wanna know why there aren't more black GMs or black managers or black players? You've gotta start young, you've gotta start. Look at the next sports business class you go to. There's people who teach sports business and they post their class. They take a picture with their class on the air. There's not one person of color in the class because that is a upper level sports business class which means for whatever reason, there are people of color who don't believe that taking a sports business class will either make a difference into getting a job in the business of sports, or they don't realize that that's something they wanna do. Who do you think gets hired to lead organizations? Who do you think gets hired to be coaches? Do you think D'Amico Ryan's just got a head coaching job because he's black or because he's white? No, it's because he's the best possible person to do the job not breaking any network by hiring the best possible people. We have to get a diverse group of the best possible people. That's what'll make it work. In other news today, it's a huge day. February 1st, 2021, Tom Brady is retiring. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. This time I mean it. He released a video on Twitter. Remember last year we went through this whole thing right after the season when Tom Brady retired? Do you remember that it was somebody broke the news and leaked it and then he did do retired and he didn't thank the Patriots, he only thanked the Buccaneers and then all of a sudden he unretired and came back? Can we play that video on a live show, Coca? If we can, do it. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super 
emotional retirement essay and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. He doesn't love everybody. Does he love? I love you, Giselle. All right, a couple things, and I just watched that with you for the first time because we're live, baby. Here's one thing that Tom Brady doesn't do. He doesn't wake up in the morning and decide to do anything other than potentially go pee-pee. He's got a staff of people, and if you think for one minute that that was not discussed about what he was going to do with his agents, with his sponsors, does that mean that his team just found out? Good old Todd. How about the Glazer family? Don't worry, they're trying to sell, sell another asset. It's not the way it works, but I liked it. A little beach in the background. He looked a little tan. Looks totally normal. Retiring for good. No essay. What do we think this means? Everybody's been talking about Tom Brady going to Vegas. People forget Tom Brady's 46 years old. He did pass for a bunch of yards. His team was mediocre. You saw the fact that he wasn't throwing the ball downfield the way he was because he wasn't staying in the pocket for long. Do you know why? Because he's 46 and it hurts like hell when big, strong, 300-pound men who can run the 4.5 are bearing down on your butt. Yeah, 15-yard penalty, but guess what? It takes 15 days to feel better. What is in it for Tom Brady? What is left for Tom Brady to do? Nothing at all. I'm glad that we don't have to go through weeks and weeks of is he retiring, is he not retiring, since we already did it. I'm glad that he's not going to get in the way of Super Bowl week. He did it early on. Believe me, I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. Is this like A-Rod announcing his retirement in the middle of a World Series game? No, this is on a, on a non-news day before the Pro Bowl. Hmm, interesting. Tom Brady, I think it's true. I think this time he really is done. I'm going to take 30 seconds off the top of my head and say this. It is extremely unlikely that in the rest of our lives, no matter how old you are watching this show, whether live, audio, tape, that you will see another quarterback who will be a part of as many winning teams and as many Super Bowl winning teams and be the starting quarterback of those Super Bowl winning teams in our lifetime. You may see a better quarterback because there's always the next GOAT, there's always a better player, but I'm talking about the bottom line. As good as LeBron James and Michael Jordan and all of the NBA players who have come after Bill Russell, Bill Russell has more jewelry on his fingers, not anymore, than any other player, and that is not going to change. What Tom Brady has done with seven Super Bowl rings, it is simply not just historic, it is unbelievable, especially because in the game of football, it is rare without a defense to win. It's rare without an offense to win. There are examples. The Denver Broncos with a crappy Peyton Manning were able to win a, uh, a Super Bowl. But you need help when you're a quarterback. He stayed healthy. He worked on a team that was smart and that continued to retool through the years of his playing prime and won. They won and 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 they won. Tom Brady, I'm gonna tip my cap to you and tell you that to me, you are the GOAT and I can't tell you how happy I am that I don't have to hear about you winning anymore. 
When we come back, we're gonna review a movie that's gonna win an Oscar, and we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in Tampa because I may have gotten a wait to see right. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Boyd, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David Sampson. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, everything you do that makes podcasts worth money. And for being with us live. It's fun doing it live because things can happen while you're recording and you just got to deal with it. I want to take two minutes right now and say that uh, two years ago on February 1st of 2021, my dad died. My dad, I started the show in October of 19 and he would call me after every show. The first show we ever did, I think three people were listening to and two of them got together to have me. And uh, thanks for that. He would call me after every show and he would tell me all the things that he disagreed with that I said, or how could you not talk about this? And this was after 18 years of him calling me after every single baseball game to tell me, man, you guys suck. But he did it, I think, because he was proud, I think, <clears throat> and loved me, but wanted to make sure maybe I didn't get an ego or wanted to make sure that he could be the one to call to tell me how bad things were. But yet we won a World Series and he was there every step of the way celebrating with me. And I counted on his phone calls after every show. It was good for that. Gave me notes. My mother still gives me notes after every show. When someone dies, what you don't think about is the moments when time passes that you can't share with the person who's passed away. And sometimes I'll do a show and I'll look at my phone and the phone won't ring. And so I relive it. It's like a, a Band-Aid when you rip it off one hair at a time. Maybe that's why I always like ripping them off fast. This one is the death by a thousand cuts. That's what I think a death of a parent is, death by a thousand cuts. Things remind you, you look at pictures, you think back, but I try to think forward, think about things that I've missed or with him, what's he doing? Brings up the question of mortality. And the other problem is I'm no longer in the hole. When my grandpa died, I became on deck. Then when my dad died, I'm at the plate. 
how selfish is that of me? That that's where my thought is today that I'm two years into being at the plate. And now, of course, you, I'm not quite old enough to read the obits. That's coming soon. I miss you, Dad. I hope you're doing well. My sister's going to the cemetery to visit both him and my other sister who's in the same cemetery. I'm not doing that today. I can't, I don't visit cemeteries. I can't do it. I, uh, I don't know if you can. I try to think of people who have passed away, but visiting them doesn't uh, feel right. Because I just picture what's going on down there and how I can't get him out of there and how he probably wants to get out of there because he's got shit to do today. I miss you, Dad. Alan Lawrence Sampson died on February 1st, 2021. He was born on November 16th, 1939. He had an interesting life, did a lot of interesting things, not the least of which was uh, on a particular night in a particular place, was able to figure out how to have me. So thank you, Dad. Love you. Enjoy the show today. What's your view of going Tom Brady live? The way we, how do I do that? I'm not going to finish the show and not talk about Tom Brady. That's something that he would talk to me about. How come he didn't talk about this? Well, Dad, I didn't know what was happening. <sighs> I cover everything with humor. Therapy is not, I haven't cried yet. How about that? I think that's why I watch movies every day. I cry during movies and uh, I don't cry about real things that happen. I don't know what that is about me, but I'll give me a sad commercial. Give me a Budweiser Clydesdale commercial. Tears are, running, tears are running down my face. Give me bridges in Madison County. I'm a wreck. I keep tissues on set right here just in case I'm reviewing a movie that made me cry. One of these days I'm gonna have to, right? Not this day. I watched a movie yesterday in anticipation of today about a father and a son, about a father who loses a son. It's about Geppetto. It's called Pinocchio, but it's not a child's Pinocchio. This is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. This is where the child dies. He builds Pinocchio. Pinocchio all of a sudden is involved where there's a war, where there is Mussolini. It takes place in Italy. There's a lot of dark themes in this movie. If you are taking your child to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio to think that they are reading the book of Pinocchio as it was originally told to me when I was a kid, here's a surprise. It's not for kids. I'm way more interested in okay with kids seeing a little nudity than I am in kids seeing the type of violence and hate that existed in this world forever, especially 80 years ago. Oh, by the way, still today. But what Guillermo del Toro has done, because he's a brilliant filmmaker, if you don't know his work, please go watch Pan's Labyrinth as an example. One of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I, I gotta find out, is Pan's Labyrinth on my top 100? It should be if it's not. Uh, I think we have that somewhere, Coca. This guy just knows how to make great movies. This is animated, it was nominated for Best Animated and it's going to win Best Animated. Although I still haven't seen Puss in Boots, which I'm gonna watch. I believe this is the best animated feature because it's won every award. And then when I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, this doesn't look very animated. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth is not in my top 100. I think I may need to relook at my top 100 because Pan's Labyrinth, I watched that with my jaw on the floor. I didn't watch Pinocchio with my jaw on the floor as much as I did Pan's Labyrinth because I was so distraught that what I was watching was so painful. And I don't mean painful that it was bad. 
you know, anything with Ewan McGregor as the voice of Jiminy Cricket, that's good. But what was painful was uh, the reality of where we are. But check it out, just not with your kids. Okay. Did you see the news yesterday? This is awesome. The mayor of St. Petersburg and the council in St. Petersburg, Florida. This is so great. The mayor's name is Ken Welch's Grape Juice of St. Petersburg, Florida. He said, I'm coming off the mountain. I'm walking down the mountain and I'm making a big decision today. I had no influence. Nobody talked to me about it. No one lobbied me, but this is my idea. Let's take an 86 acre parcel right next to the Thunderdome in downtown St. Pete. Let's find a developer and we're gonna put up housing. We're gonna put up hotels. We're gonna make it the vibrant downtown that it deserves to be. And I've got just the people to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> yes, it's true. That happened. The mayor of St. Petersburg said that over several competing groups, that a group led by the Tampa Bay Rays, and of course a worldwide developer named Heinz, are gonna be able to develop the 86 parcel, 86 acre parcel of land right next to the Thunderdome where a stadium's gonna be built. <gasps> Color me surprised. We've been telling you for years, an official wait to see last January of 22 that the Rays weren't leaving Tampa St. Pete. I, the whole, remember I told you about the Tampa Bay Montreal plan? Horse hockey. Oh, we're gonna get a new stadium in Tampa and a new stadium in Montreal. Stu Sternberg standing there with Steven Bronfman. All of them acting surprised when the Major League Baseball Executive Council quashed the Tampa Bay Montreal plan. Give me a break. Montreal, you were used, of course you were used. You're still being used, but it's okay. Come to me with a TV deal, come to me with a built stadium and we'll talk about expansion, but we can't talk about expansion until we take care of Tampa and Oakland. And the way to take care of Tampa and Oakland is to make pretend Oakland is going to Vegas and Tampa is going anywhere. And then you get the commissioner to stand out front because you call the commissioner and say, hey, we need you now. And he says, no, no, not yet, not yet. I'm gonna send in other people. Because when I come in, I come in for the end. I come in when it's done. Rob Manfred had a quote that he said, we think Tampa is a major league market and we wanna find a solution that makes the club economically viable in that market. He talked about this last year about the sense of urgency. He went through all of these things. It was great. This was textbook finance public-private partnership negotiation between a team making up leverage. To make the leverage right, you have to mean it. You have to dig into it. You have to fly to Montreal. You may even have to buy land on the Vegas Strip. I mean, you've really got to sell it because the only time you will get a stadium financed is when the team is this close to leaving. And I don't mean this close. I'm talking about put your fingers all the way together and then open your fingers just a bit. Like I'm talking the smallest of bits where you can see like one tiny iota of a ray of light hanging off a cliff. 
as you're about to fall into the abyss of relocation. Sometimes you have to go as far as saying, if the A's move to Oakland, if, come on, 4869. Sometimes you have to go even as far as saying, if the A's move to Vegas, we won't charge them a relocation fee. Do you hear that, Oakland? You better step up your game because John Fish, the owner, he's going to go and we're not going to charge him a fee. That only gets done after calling 29 owners and saying, my toes were crossed. Of course, there's a relocation fee because you get 130th of it. Actually, believe it or not, you get 129th. You don't pay yourself a relocation fee. The same thing happened here in Tampa. It got so close. And all of a sudden, there's going to be an 86-acre development. Well, Stu Sternberg didn't stand up yet and talk because you save the owner for when the final final is final. Instead, you put up the president. That was my job for years, talking about all the fits and starts, any little victories. Stand up and say, this is a great moment for mankind. This is one small step for baseball in South Florida and one large step for us. Don't say that, David. So race president Brian Ault, very, very good man and a very good president. He went to the mayor's event and he gave a brief interview saying it was a thrill to see the project take a major step forward. This selection validates all the hard work. He's talking about the selection of him and his team being able to develop all the areas. Not mentioned, who's getting the revenue for those areas? Not mentioned, the revenue for those areas doesn't count toward revenue sharing. Therefore, all the revenue sharing they receive, they're still gonna receive because any revenue they get, they can either use to pay down debt, they can use to pay themselves, they can use to increase their payroll. But why would the Tampa Bay Rays necessarily need to increase their payroll when all they do is win? It's not as though you're talking about a team that has windows. They're a team that has open, large, amazing looking windows because they're smart. I just sent a tweet a few days ago about somebody doing a trade with Tampa and we were scared to death to ever trade with Tampa. That's how good they are. You rarely win a trade when you trade with Tampa. These guys are smart on the field. They're smart off the field. They have played this stadium deal, chef's kiss, perfectly. But there's a few announcements left to go. But we're now getting to the point where it's go time. The last five years, there's been no sense of urgency because their lease at the Thunderdome goes till 2027. And as I told you, Stu Sturmberg said to me 10 years ago, why would I do anything right now when I don't have to be out of there until 27? He's right. That's just economics, folks. But now, if you want to open in 28, you better start building in 25. If you want to start building in 25, you got to start the plans right now. I'm not talking about anything other than the design of the stadium. You got to have all your drawings done. You have to have your financing in place all before you lay the first brick. And the first brick doesn't get laid until you've cleared the land. You've got a complete schedule of construction, and that's 36 months for a dome. So this is the end of the road. There's no more playing around with Montreal. They're gonna pretend they're playing around with Tampa. It's all poppycock. It is time to focus on St. Pete and get that situation taken care of. Why? Because other owners are getting annoyed because they wanna get to expansion. That's where the money is. And they can't get to expansion until Tampa and Oakland are done. And they want to get it done now. In terms of timing of expansion, and the owners getting that money for expansion, the next collective bargaining agreement expires in 2026. Do you think they would want to expand prior to 2026 or after 2026? We'll discuss that another day.
nothing personal pick of the day. We did a hockey game yesterday. We had it. We had Montreal beating Ottawa, second of a back-to-back. Ottawa beat them 5-4. The Ottawa Senators, the ownerless Ottawa Senators, the laughing stock of hockey Ottawa Senators while you're sleeping are having a way better season. Maybe it's just they have a better person in communications. Not. We lost for 15 and 18. We could have gotten plus 162 there. All right, back to the NBA. How are things going in Toronto, would you say? Good? When Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship several years ago, do you remember when Kawhi Leonard, remember the shot he hit to eliminate the 76ers that bounced on the rim 17 times and went in? I bet in Philly they do. Kawhi Leonard stayed there. And uh, are you giving me stats on Tom Brady right now while I'm doing Nick Nurse? Seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP. Why are you yelling this at me? I'm talking about Nick Nurse. Oh, this is a statement? You want me to get this in? I got to give my pick of the day. We only have two minutes left. Okay. Can I go back to my pick? We're live, baby. Oh, you're telling me a tweet from Ian Rappaport? Okay. Uh, you want me to read it? I'll read it. The greatest of all time for the second time in two off seasons, but this time for good steps away. My understanding is family considerations played a major role in this decision. Okay. You mean the fact that his wife, Giselle, is no longer his wife and she's taking bike rides with guys who are younger, hotter, and need less plastic surgery than Tom? Or the fact that he realizes that having three kids with two women with no wife and tons of help can be difficult? Or he realizes that flying around during a season means that you don't see your kids as much as you want to. You're not the dad that you want to be, but you realize that you feel guilty about being the dad you want to be because you actually have professional aspirations. And oh my God, I'm only 45 years old. Oh, by the way, I've got a 10 year, $350 million deal with Fox. Is that starting next year, Coca? Then I'm only traveling weekends. Don't worry, I can't go to your game on Sunday, honey, because I've got a Fox game. There's no way he's better than Greg Olson, is he? Anyway, I digress. You made me digress. Do you know how cool it is to have like someone in your ear when you're live and he's typing and talking? and I'm talking and looking. Can we get back to Nick Nurse, who wins a title with Ka- Kawhi Leonard? And he was the toast of Canada, the number one head coach. He's the man. Let's extend him. He may be taking over any organization he wants. Who wouldn't want Nick Nurse? He stays in Toronto, and now they're ordinary. They lost Leonard. They lost Lowry. Their window's closed. They're not even in the playoff position right now, which is hard to do in the NBA. There's some rumors circulating, of course, that he may not survive this. But I ask you, is someone a great coach because they had a great player at a particular time who did a great thing that was 50% luck, 50% skill, and then parlayed that into a championship? You get that championship. Am I a great team president because I won a World Series in 2003? Does that make me successful? It made me successful that year. If we go 83 and 79 versus 79 and 83, Is that how you're judging it? Are you judging it according to the business, to the value of the team, to the money made, to the money lost? When you're a coach, you're doing it to wins and losses? You're doing it to playoff appearances? Are you doing it just to world championships? Larry O'Brien trophies? Either you stick with a coach through good and bad because you believe that is the best coach to get you through good and bad 
because every team has good and bad. That is what you do with your most loyal employees. You stick with them because you know there's gonna be good and there's gonna be bad. What, the San Antonio Spurs haven't had some bad? The Miami Heat haven't had some bad? If Nick Nurse loses his job because there's some bad in Toronto, it will only show me that their view of Nick Nurse is not what I thought it was when he was hoisting the trophy. Except that's the reality of sports. We got to blame someone. Tonight, I'm taking the Jazz minus three over the Raptors, and I'm putting one more foot into the end of Nick Nurse's reign. Why? I'm 15 and 18. It's just business. Sorry, Nick. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.